0: Welcome to The Climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need in the new music business. This is no longer about the Cinderella story of the diamond in the rough and then some big famous record label comes in and saves you and throws millions behind you and turns you into a star. You're going to have to do all that yourself. That's what's going to create the leverage to get you that publishing deal, to get you that record deal, to get you the management company, the booking agency, the whole thing. So I call it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a Baxter name. It's genius. It's from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is a hit songwriter and is cut spy. Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Got a couple number ones this year on CCM as well to boot. So One so far. One number one, okay. (laughs) Working on a second. One number one so far. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Brent teaches you how to write like a pro, how to do business like a pro. And once you get all that tightened up, then he introduces you to the pros. And you can find him at songwritingpro.com. Once again, songwritingpro.com.
1: And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny's really smart. So if you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Reid, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs just to name a few, you can find Johnny at daredevil production.com. That is production singular, no S and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up? How you doing brother? Man, I'm doing well. A funny thing. So at the time of this recording, Monday night, actually we have a small group meeting in our church, some families get together and uh, talk about God and Jesus and all that good stuff and go through the Bible. Anyway, so they were really sweet. They presented me with an award. I did not know this was coming, but it was funny. I
0: saw this on your Facebook. You saw that on
1: Facebook? Yeah, it's great. So Can I Get a Witness was up for a Dove Award for Southern Gospel Recorded Song of the Year. We didn't win, but it was an honor to be nominated for a newbie in the industry Heck like yeah. me. It was rocking, so it was all good. But so a couple of people in a small group got together and presented me with like a little trophy. It says, Brent Baxter, Best Southern Gospel Recorded Song of the Year 2020. You're our favorite songwriter. I'm like, I am legit the only one they know. <laughs> and it has a bird on the top of it because, you know, it was a dove Awards, award. And they're like, yeah. yeah, well, we couldn't find a dove. So we hope a pigeon will do. So it's a pigeon, <laughs> which is like a knockoff dove, apparently. But I want to thank the fine folks in my small group for the nice pigeon award. So, oh, that's sweet. They, they did <laughs> yeah, that. it was You're funny. The best so. songwriter
0: we know. I'm the only songwriter you know. <laughs>
1: but that was super sweet. I was like, I'm surprised they even kept up with it at all because I, you know, I don't make a big deal out of that.
0: They're paying attention. That's, that's paying cool. attention.
1: That was sweet. Very sweet I and mean, funny. So, if you see a some sort of weird bird on a small little division runner up and T ball trophy looking thing, it's the pigeon. <laughs>
0: Pigeon Award. How is this group going to feel when you let them know about the new cut you got coming out of Guns N' Roses? Yeah, then (laughs) they'll either be like, who? Or like, that's cool. (laughs) They're going to give you another trophy that's got a heroin needle on it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, don't run with this trophy. Yeah. (laughs) So what are we going to learn today? All right.
1: Today we're going to talk about how I get questions a lot through Songwriting Pro and, and other places. But like, how do I get to a publisher? Do I need a music publisher and how do I connect with the publisher? That kind of stuff. So common questions I get on a pretty regular basis here on The Climb and over at Songwriting Pro, I've worked to answer those questions. And maybe you're asking the same question right now, and that's cool. But first, what I want to talk about today is I want to remind you of one very important fact. You already have a music publisher. So congratulations. That's what we're going to talk about today.
0: Nice. So before we do that, let's take care of a little business here. Join the climb community if you haven't done so already. This is a thriving community. Singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians all getting together. There's co-writes that have come out of this, successful co-writes that have come out of the climb community. Lots of marketing questions getting answered, people getting to share some of their wins and things of that nature. So it's super exciting. This is not your normal community where, you know, there's 25,000 members and everybody's shouting at the wall. And the last post from last week was yours. Yeah, right. (laughs) I try to share as much as I can, some of the information that I think would be pertinent to community in there. And I fail on this often, by the way, but I'm trying to make that an aggregate Sort of news source, too, for mm. all things music industry related, just putting some good content up there that can help you do this or that, so make sure you take a look at some of that stuff. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume podcasts, we want you to leave a rating and review we 're trying to get to two hundred by the end of the year, and lastly, tell a friend about it. These sometimes roll on for forty minutes at a time that 's a lot. Mm -hmm. of your time that we get brent and i are very very grateful for that time but there's a reason that you're doing it so there's no but there's a reason that you're doing it and you should tell other people about it because it could help them too and finally and that just makes you look cool yeah because i mean what's cooler than us when it (laughs) comes to information what's cooler than helping your friends yeah you help me you're awesome Exactly And of course We're so grateful To be part of The American Songwriter Podcast Network Mm -hmm. By the way Did you get your new issue? I did With John Bon Jovi On the cover And us
1: Somewhere in betwixt Yep The pages Which is pretty (laughs) cool To go Oh I wonder where Our little shout out is This month It's fun But yeah, we're super excited to be part of this network along with some other amazing podcasts. So you can be sure and check out americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast or you can just click on the link in the episode notes to listen to some of the best shows and music. These aren't just good shows. We're not just saying that because we're part of the network. I listen to a lot of these shows on a regular basis. So it's good stuff. Also, we have New Heights. Every week in the climb community, which Johnny talked about, we post usually on Wednesdays, a new heights. And this is your chance to celebrate your wins. Shout yourself out from the mountaintop, reaching new heights on your climb. So big or small, we love all the wins. And I want to just share just a couple. Nathan Harden says... Hey, I'm just writing with some new folks and the old. I don't mean Sunday Joe is old. I just means I've not messed it up. (laughs) So Uh. he's got some new co-writes and he's continuing on with some happy results from some existing co-writes. So that's a good one for Nathan. And that was funny too. James Kelso, he says, I'm excited to be meeting Stacey Wilbur on the 17th for the Play for a Publisher event. So that's what he put on. Hey, congrats. Yeah, it was a good song. It's a good song. And also, he has a meeting come up with Jackie Patillo from the Gospel Music Association this afternoon at the time of this recording to talk about his new record. So I'm thankful to get opportunities to talk with people who have already walked the road I'm trying to walk. That's awesome. And of course, you know, you get some comments on that. And anyway, so good stuff happening over in the climb community.
0: Yes, I love that somebody posted a win in there from having their song be one of the top 10 for the Play for Publisher event. I think that's a killer event.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it, to get these songs in front of a legit music publisher and hopefully make some magic happen for some folks, for some climbers.
0: Well, there we go. So let's get down into this. How do I already have a publisher?
1: Well, yes, you do already have a music publisher. So you might be thinking, I don't remember signing a publishing deal. And I know for sure that my draw check <laughs> or my advance hasn't shown up in my mailbox. Pretty sure I haven't gotten any
0: money from it. Pretty sure yeah, right? I
1: haven't gotten my advance yet. So that's true enough. Okay, but it doesn't change the truth that your current music publisher is you. Here's the deal here in the United States. And I can't speak for other countries because I just don't know. Okay. But here in the U S the copyright law is clear. You own the copyright of your song. As soon as you put it in a fixed form. In other words, as soon as you write it down, you sing it into your phone, YouTube yourself singing it, you and your co-writers own the copyright. The copyright is the right to make copies, make and distribute copies of your songs, so which effectively makes you the publisher. Only the copyright makes you the publisher. Now, I'm not a music attorney, so don't quote me on every little jot and tittle of every little thing I say here, so that disclaimer, but that's the basic gist of U.S. copyright law. Only the copyright makes you the publisher. So you're the publisher, even if you don't have a publishing company Name registered with your PRO and your PROs like ASCAP, CSAC, BMI in the US. And even if you don't have a business license, right through your local authorities, whatever. So even if you haven't registered your copyright with the Copyright Office, you're still your song's publisher. So even if you've never gotten a cut and even if you're not pitching your songs, you're the publisher, even if you aren't acting like it yet. Mm -hmm. And this is all part of your songwriting business. You are a business person. You are a business owner. You're an entrepreneur. Whether or not you think of yourself as that or not, if you're not thinking of yourself as that, you just may not be a very good one. (laughs) You probably just aren't a very good one. So you're your own publisher, even if you don't act like it. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you need to run out, hire a song plugger, sign some writers. You know, I'm not saying that. I realize you're probably not in that position. Heck, I was talking to a, a songwriter buddy of mine, Last night, who's been in the business a good while, he's had different publishing deals. He's independent right now. He's shopping for a deal, but he's had a bunch of cuts in the CCM world. And he has what looks to be like the next single on a major CCM artist. And nice. he's talking to the publisher. And even though he has singles coming out and can get in some good rooms, having a hard time landing a deal, <laughs> Yeah, which is crazy just because that's just where the world is right now or whatever. And I remember telling him like, dude, I wish I had budget. I'd sign you. Yeah. I just don't have the budget for that. I'm not saying that you need to go run out hire songwriters, hire song pluggers, all that stuff. Most of us aren't in that position. We're at different points along the journey. So maybe your journey right now includes landing a publishing deal, or maybe not. But I do know that if you want to be a pro songwriter, you need to treat it like what it is, which is a business. You need to own that fact because the sooner you own your success, the sooner you're going to earn your success. All right? I'm going to say that again because it's tweetable. The sooner you own your songwriting success, the sooner you're going to earn your songwriting success. That's a tattoo right there. That's right there. So if you own your success, meaning if you take responsibility for it, you might not need an outside publisher to make it happen for you. On the other hand, if you never own your success, there's probably not a publisher out there who can make it happen for you. So you need to own it one way or the other. What's the best way to get a publishing deal? To not need one, to be your own publisher and be successful. I mean, that's the best way to get a publishing deal because what do publishers do? They gather songs and songwriters. They exploit or employ the copyrights. In others, they get cuts, they monetize, they help their writers get in the good rooms where the path to monetization is shorter and more clear, right? That's a lot of what publishers do. And if you can handle that part of it, why wouldn't a publisher want to partner with you? Because you're on it, right? Let's dive into this. So how do you act like the music publisher that you really are? And this is for all who want cuts and hits. If you have different goals, you may want to operate differently. All right. But for the purposes of the rest of this podcast, anyway, we're going to be talking about like if you want cuts, if you want hits, if you want to turn pro and monetize, this is how you need to be acting like a music publisher because you are one. First thing is you need to get your business together. Business stuff has to happen if you want to make it a business. Yeah. This means joining a PRO when the time is right, meaning ASCAP, BMI or CSAC in the US, there's APRA, this PRS, CMRA and SOCAN and different PROs in different territories and countries around the world. I think Australia's APRA, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. I could be wrong, but I believe it's APRA. So I'm not saying you need to run out and join a PRO today, but it needs to be on your radar, depending on where you are in your business. I signed PRO in two thousand and didn't have anything that was gonna make any income until Monday morning church happened in two thousand and four. Yeah. But I had it for four years. So when we got the Alan Jackson cut, which is my first major cut. Then we we're ready to rock when you release it as a single. Because that's what the PROs do. They collect performance monies. So it could be film, TV, radio airplay, terrestrial radio airplay, streaming. Live performances, they collect that stuff. And so part of publisher's job is they're not getting these songs cut just to feel good. They're doing it to make money, right? And so you got to do the business to kind of build that net to catch that money that's being generated because it's being generated. But if your song gets on the radio and you're not with a the PRO, then is like, well, that's not our song. We're not generating any money from that. So we have nothing to pay you because we don't know that's your song.
0: On top of that... You got a lot of love in the beginning from the PROs in the form of relationships. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Chad
1: Green over at ASCAP was instrumental in helping me get my first publishing deal because he picked up the phone for me and called Major Bob and was like, Hey, Mike, I know you're looking for some new writers, younger writers. Well, Brent over here just got an Alan Jackson cut, and I think you'll dig what he does. And can he come on over? And they were like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, best way to get a publishing deal is to not need one.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> He got an Al Jackson cut? Well, yeah, come on, let's talk. (laughs) You know, I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I cold called Major Bob because I'm a fan of them and called him up. Hey, I'm a new writer and got some songs. They're like, yeah, just drop them off. And I dropped them off and never heard anything back. (laughs) It's funny, later you get some success and you get a recommendation because the music business is a recommendation business. No like and trust, right? Mike knows, likes and trusts Chad. Chad got to know, like, and trust me, and I rode that river into meetings with Major Bob and eventually our first publishing deal. So PROs can be instrumental that way. It's not easy to get meetings over at any of the PROs because just math. They only got so many people, and the main people they got to take care of are the people that are paying the bills and keeping the lights on, which are the writers that are getting cuts and stuff, so they don't have as much time for the newer, younger writers. But you know, you just got to keep knocking, and if you knock their socks off, they know everybody. And in the meantime, they collect royalties. So that's part of it. Another thing about getting your business together is issuing licenses for any cuts you get. So you actually get royalties. So PROs, yes. they take care of your airplay stuff. So you register them with ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, and you register the song, and you're member and everything. And they scan the airwaves kind of thing. And so if your song gets played or streamed, they send you a little bit of money. But the other thing is, what if somebody cuts your song and puts it out? Well, what about the label? What about Mechanicals, which is record sales, iTunes downloads, they're selling CDs out of the back of the car at the show or whatever. Then you need to issue a license for that because you are the copyright owner, which means you own the right to make and distribute copies of that song as a copyright owner. So then how does the label, how does Garth Brooks and Pearl Records get the right to make and distribute copies of your song that he recorded? You have to issue them a license. That's paper with the points on there, like, hey, you're going to pay us this much on this time frame for this song. Here's a label copy, which means this is how you give credit to the writers and the publishers in the CD jacket or whatever. And everybody signs off on it. So that's you're giving them a non-exclusive license to make and distribute copies of their
0: recording of your song. Yeah. Can I jump in here for a second? Yeah. You want to be a student of the game mm-hmm. of this process so that... You know how to inspect what you expect. Mm, yes. With those contracts, so I can't stress enough how important this is. And this is coming from a guy like I freaking
1: hate the paperwork. Oh yeah, that's not why I got. In the I just want to
0: move on with the. Let's keep making the spaghetti here. I got plenty of plates that need spaghetti on it. You know what <laughs> I mean. I yeah. don't want to handle the contracts, but you need to know how to do it. You need to know how it works and mm-hmm. you need to stumble through it a couple times and get it all together so that when you do get that publishing deal, first of all, you can speak the same language, mm-hmm. you know what's going on, and then you can inspect what you expect, right?
1: Yeah. I saw a quote the other day on Instagram or somewhere. I said, it is very dangerous to be part of a business that you do not understand or part of an industry that you do not understand. <laughs> Yeah, because I was doing my homework before I ever moved to Nashville. I was reading the Donald Passman book, All You Need to Know About the Music Business. And I had another book like Music Publishing for Songwriters. and, And I was trying to understand the business. And I was very blessed that one of my first jobs in Nashville was at Blue Water Music doing just data entry and working in admin. So I was actually able to issue the first licenses on Monday morning church. Like I issued the license for... Alan Jackson to release that song. I had the templates. I knew the wording because I'd worked in it enough. Now, off the street songwriters, I'm not going to know that. And now as I'm my own publisher, right? So I own Cowboy Chords Music. I'm signed with ASCAP and that's my publishing company. I have cuts in that catalog and continue to get cuts in that catalog because I'm not signed with another outside publisher at this point. So what do I do? I don't have to do all that business stuff myself. You can outsource part of it. And so The admin part of it, I outsourced to Blue Water. I used to work for them. Now they work for me. I used to be part-time and full-time on staff, and now I'm a client of theirs. I'll call them up and say, I'm looking at some cuts in some foreign markets and getting some cuts in Southern. And I would say, hey, you know, I got this song, Hallelujah Homecoming. That just got cut by Wilburn and Wilburn. They're on Daywind. So I'll email Peter about that and I'll hook up the people at Daywind with Blue Water so Blue Water can handle the licensing, make sure it gets registered with ASCAP and all the PROs around the world and capture all that stuff. So I get quarterly statements from Blue Water. They keep a percentage of it as they should for doing work and they got to keep the lights on. So I pay them no ownership in the song, but just, hey, here's a percentage of what you collect. Yeah. On my behalf. And so... I'm the publisher, but they do admin for me. So I outsource part of that because I don't want to do all that stuff. I worked at Blue Water. I know they're good at it. That's what they do 24-7. I'm going to lose more money trying to do it myself and more hair, trying to do it myself than I would just by paying them their percentage and let them do it. I want to make money and time by just outsourcing it.
0: The thing is, too, you can check on it, right? That's my big thing is that Uh you can check on make sure it's being done right. Yeah. And you're going to check on it so much before, well, you already came from Blue Water, so you knew... I know Pete and the people over there. How adept they were. There was a no like and trust there. Peter had a
1: correct catch and correct enough of my mistakes when I was there that I know he has a good eye for that stuff.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. But I think you're silly if you don't do that. Like you already had that with them. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. But one of the artists I work with sold 8 million records and never recouped. And guess what? He hates doing business. Yeah. So somebody's going to do it for him. Make sure they're on your side. Yeah, <laughs> don't you worry about a thing. You just go out and say, We'll take care of all this. Oprah Winfrey, one of her biggest things is you got to sign your own checks. Yeah, You don't get any bigger than Oprah Winfrey. No, you She's don't. a billionaire, but she signs her own checks. Why? To make sure she knows what's going on. I to understand. Yeah. And I think it's just important to be able to know all this because then it might be 10 years from now or something. Something goes a little weird or wonky, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're looking at some stuff, and you're like, okay. I know it's happening now Yeah, and you can fix it. And
1: part of it too is it was a blessing. I mean, God was looking out for me, knowing that he was going to provide this cut with me as my own publisher. So I'd gotten set up and I already had cowboy cords there. So I wasn't like the dog that caught the car. What do I do now? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I wasn't caught with my pants down to quote a recent episode. So when we heard about the cut, I wasn't going, oh my gosh, how do I get paid? I need to go sign my publishing with someone so they can collect my money. I knew enough. I've been working in the business some and, and doing studying on my own to go, okay, well, I can get Blue Water to admin it for me. That's their business. It's a major cut. So yeah, they'll be happy to take that on because they're going to make money off of it. And I can retain my ownership. I don't have to run to Sony or someone and go, I got an Allen Jackson cut. I don't know what to do with it.
0: You want it? It will split the money. And they'd be like, yeah, of course they would. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which makes you feel really good, right? Because you get to go in and have that. But how much would that have cost you?
1: That's the thing. I had an option. I had people offer to take the publishing off my hands and I could have gotten a publishing deal for that song. But I knew enough to go, I don't have to bring that into a deal because I don't know what to do with it. Right. You end up finding a diamond. You're going to have to find a diamond broker, right? You find a diamond on the street, you got to find someone who can... Do something with it, help you sell it. Yeah, but I knew enough to be my own broker, or I didn't have to give up ownership to do that. How scary would that be? And a good problem, but scary to go. Oh my gosh! Just out of nowhere, I got this Tim McGraw cut, and they're talking about single in it, and I have no idea how to do the business of publishing. Yeah. I got to go give this thing to somebody to take care of it, and that can cost you a ton of money. You don't have to do all the business yourself, but you need to be aware of the business. Like Johnny said, study the business, be
0: a student of the game. So you know what your options are if success happens. One of my buddies is on the younger side. He's finally getting his act together and they Mm -hmm. just shoots me this Spotify track that just dropped. It's killer. It's killer. I'm like, this is awesome. And this guy's known me forever. And I'm like, so what are you doing with it? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Got no plan. (laughs) Well, we're just going to try to figure it out. Yeah, And you know how they're figuring it out? By doing it. So God bless them that they're doing that. But I'm like, mm. dude, I just want to bring this back around to what you said before. Where's the drive to be a student of the game? Yeah. Now you got this problem. You released the first song. You got four more coming. You're not going to get better at it by just doing it yourself. You're going to have to learn. Yeah. Those lessons get expensive. Yeah. Especially now. Like if you Google it, you'll probably find a million free courses that you can take. Here's what happens. Exactly. A company like Blue Water or some of these others that do that, they're probably not going to be interested if you just call
1: them up and go, hey, my buddy down the street recorded my song. Can you handle the publishing? Unless you live somewhere in Franklin, the person down the street is like Michael McDonald. Yeah, They're not going to be interested because the juice ain't worth the squeeze for them. Like it's <laughs> a small indie thing. That's when you use maybe Harry Fox or something, you know, their resources. But for major stuff, you may want to get a company that you can talk to somebody and they'll be happy to work with you because that's what they do. So yeah, if your indie band is putting out your record and nobody knows you, it's probably not worth the overhead for them to do all that work for you when no money's going to come in. But if something big happens, then yes, those people are an option. Yeah. And you should be aware of kind of what your options are in case something good happens. And we hope it does. Yeah. But also like Songwriting Pro, we bring in publishers and stuff to do know the pro events and and other type of things where you can ask them your questions. Yeah. I mean, that's a resource right there. Right. Songwritingpro.com, the membership there. We bring in people and you can ask them, hop on a Zoom call, that kind of stuff. So there's no excuse for not being educated. Yeah. So get your business.
2: Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them.
1: Together, people. Here's the other thing
2: pitch your songs.
1: Nobody's going to record your song if nobody hears your song. It's not fair to just rely on your co writers or rely on chance to get your songs into the right hands. If your songs are ready, and that's a big if, but if your songs are ready, you need to be working on a consistent basis to get your songs into the right hands. So without naming names here, Johnny, again, I'm my own publisher. Mm -hmm. And I've been working harder on pitching. Last episode about Moneyball in the music business, I talked about how I'm gathering some interns to help me with the song plugging kind of stuff. Some Belmont kids to get more leverage in the music business to be sure I'm pitching my stuff. Why? Because Mm -hmm. I'm a publisher and I can't rely on my co-writers publishers to do that. Yeah, It's great when they do, but also I bring more value into the room when they know that, hey, Brent's out there pitching. Yeah, He's out there working it so i can write with brent or i can write with someone else today and both are competent songwriters and we can write a good song but brent pitches his stuff and this other guy doesn't yes so it makes a little more sense to go write with
0: brent hey something else on that too Mm -hmm. is like even if you have a co-writer who's like a brent let's say i'm writing with you and let's say i know that you're going to be out pushing this stuff you're a fool if you're not pitching it yourself Mm-hmm. because it's one thing to get like some killer song and it's like this group of songwriters and it comes across your desk and you're somebody that might could do something with this song if you hear it twice if it comes from another avenue mm-hmm. from another trusted source and all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's like where do these people come from i know nothing about these people now everybody's telling me about them mm-hmm. that's a real thing
1: yeah i keep hearing your name i keep hearing your songs so what i was talking about with not bringing up names like okay i'm working as my own publisher so i'm working on getting access to people and getting my business together, all that stuff. And so I'm looking to get to this certain artist who's a legendary artist. She's doing a record and I want to get on that record. I want at least a shot because that's what takes me off is when somebody's putting out a record and I don't only get a shot at it myself because I don't have the relationships to get something heard. And I don't want to rely on just, well, I hope my publisher from 10 years ago will play one of my songs. I can't rely on that. That's a terrible strategy. So I'm like, how do I navigate the matrix to get to this artist? Yeah. Oh wait, Johnny knows this dude. Yeah. Who's attached to this project. Hey, Johnny. Knock, knock, knock. (laughs) It's your good friend Brent. Would you mind? You love me, right? You love me? It'd be good for the podcast if I get a cut on this artist because it just brings more credibility to the climb.
0: So I'm not asking you to do something for me I'm asking you to do something for you, Johnny I'm trying to help you (laughs) Help me, help you, help me (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly (laughs) Everybody
0: wins (laughs) So, hey Johnny, would you mind doing
1: an introduction To this person? Because I really want to pitch them some songs for this artist And of course, you were happy to and you did And I was able to Start building a little bit of a relationship And pitch some songs for this Project And it was funny, this person was even like, yeah, let's keep it a little bit on the down low because we're trying to kind of manage the number of (laughs) pitches that come in.
0: Oh, I so get that. You know I get that. Yeah, you've been there. And I'm like,
1: yes, sir. That's part of why I'm keeping the names out of it. Yeah. I'm pitching my own songs
0: as my own publisher. And you need to be doing that too. You're practicing what you preach. Now, here's something else. Like, I want to tie this into something you said one or two of your episodes ago, okay? Mm -hmm. This is a big artist. Do you have a relationship with the producer? Like yes, I do. Good friend of mine and yeah, so we went down that road. Mm-hmm. Well, you were talking about base hits. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about the value on so many different levels that's coming from like the CCM charting stuff. Yeah, like the Southern Gospel stuff, yeah. Yeah, so on one hand it's very artistically fulfilling for you. This is a message that you love and want to share and mm-hmm. support and believe in and live and that's great. And it's also hey, you're making music and uh-huh. you're getting some success with it. And it's not going to be as much money as this or that. But man, don't think for one second, guys, I just wanted to share this because when I go to that producer that Brent's like, hey, can you make an introduction? I said, yeah, here's all the cuts. Boom, boom, boom. Plus he got a recent number one, another one that's charting right now on CCM. And and it just becomes like an undeniable resume. There's momentum there. Yeah, Even though maybe you're not in the pop country, thing now Mm -hmm. whatever you call that like normal country but if you hadn't done that i'm selling for you on stuff that happened a while back you know what i mean yeah so really 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 huge and so easy to do when somebody's working as hard as you're working like that it was a pleasure it makes it easier for that person to say yeah go ahead and send in my info Makes it yeah. easier because he's like, oh, okay, he's
1: a pro. He's got his bona fides, you know? Yeah. Plus, he might have, anyway, just because of his relationship with you, but didn't have to leverage that as much. It yeah. wasn't so much like, oh, okay, I'm doing you a favor, Johnny. Yeah, no. Because it's not like,
0: hey, man, my brother's plumber. You know, he's such a good guy and he's working on these songs. And so it's really like, I'm doing him a favor. I know you're looking for some stuff. Here's some great stuff to consider. Here's the deep end of the gene pool this cat comes from, and wow, thanks, man. Cool. And it was all done privately through text, and mm-hmm. it just worked out great. But it just occurred to me when you were saying that stuff, I was like, yeah, and how easy that was because you got all these base hits. Yeah, I got something to talk about. Yeah, exactly. Which – is a big part of it. So the whole point of this is get your business
1: together. So you lay laying the groundwork for success and then you've got to pitch your songs when your songs are ready. And it may not be to a legendary artist. It may be to people in your local area. It may be to your own band. Like, I've been writing songs but I haven't even shown to my own band yet. Or to indie artists or whoever you can get to. You know, maybe you can't get to the George Straits and the whoever yet. And most people can't. I mean, there's a reason they have guarded walls is because they would be overwhelmed and most of the stuff is not going to solve their problems. Yeah, Start where you can. Start building those muscles. Hey, I can present my stuff to people. And you may find out your stuff's not as good as you thought it was. Or you might find out it's pretty good. They're jumping at it. Or they're not. And either way you learn. How do you react to that? You start developing that rhino skin. You know, (laughs) we've got to have the heart of a poet
0: and the skin of a rhino. I've talked about this before, but like when we've got that first regional booking agency deal when I was doing the artist thing. like I was like 19 years old. We signed with this agency and then I'm like, who's the best band you got? They said it was Mannequin. And they're like, hey, they're going to be in town at the coolest club in Milwaukee at the time. And they're going to be there in two weeks. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I can get in. I'm only 19. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, We'll get Mark O'Toole, the manager. He'll put you on the list. You'll be taken care of. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go up there. Let me tell you something. That was a bittersweet moment. It was humiliating how <laughs> fricking good they were. Yeah. Oh, like oh, I was really, really proud of myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm getting the in crowd on the VIP list with oh, the yeah. best band at this agency. I am so. Envy myself. Yeah. Yes. Like I am the cock of the walk, man. Check me out. Like I walked in and it was like the bee gees. You can tell by the way I move my walk and walk with me. No time to do And all of a sudden, like record scratch. <laughs> Crap. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there, I watched. What a gift. Yeah. For the first hour, I picked my jaw up off the floor and then. I licked my wounds. I took a couple deep breaths because that was painful, man. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, we're just going to have to work a little bit harder. Than now I know where the bar is. How are yeah. you going to deal with that when that happens to you? Go get it. Go eat that for breakfast.
1: You have a choice on how you're going to respond to those times. Either get bitter or get better. Ooh. Did you just make that up? Did that just happen? It's been bouncing around for a while. I love it. It's not a new one, but... It's a true one. (laughs) So yeah, you can get better, you can get better. And the whole world's better when you get better. So get your business together, pitch your songs. Here's the other thing, keep records. If you want to get on records, you need to keep good records. So I have a database of all my songs, co-writers, publishing info, dates of creation, whether they're registered with my PRO yet, all that stuff. If you don't keep up with that stuff, money that should be coming to you could be slipping through the cracks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I use FileMaker Pro, just one that I use. I got from Byron Hill, and Byron is a literal Nashville Songwriter Hall of Fame member, written a ton of hits. He wrote George Strait's first number one single, Fool Heart of Memory. Mm. And he's just a good dude. He's just a good dude. So we'd talk shop, you know, when we get together to ride or whatever, and he showed me FileMaker Pro, and his is way more on steroids than mine. I just made a simple database of, here's a song, here's if it has an alternate title, here's the date of creation— which is good for your copyright forms, right? So if it gets cut, you mm-hmm. send them a copyright form, here's the date of creation. The co-writers, their publisher, and some other stuff about the song, whether it's, has it been cut yet? Is it registered with the PRO? Is it tempo? What's the subject? What's the genre? All this stuff. And so I can go back and I can do searches and stuff and find like, man, what is everything I've written with Aaron Goodman? Because he and I were talking about some stuff. I'm like, Let me look up what all we've written. Oh man, dude, you've been writing together for 15 years and whatever, <laughs> I can pull that stuff up for a variety of reasons or, Hey, what catalog is this song in? Cause I've had like three different publishing deals and I have my own publishing company. So is that a cowboy Chord song or is that with writers infinity? Did that come back to me or is that still there? Let me look it up. Mm-hmm. You know, if it gets cut, I better tell them the right thing because I want to do honest business and not start getting paid on something that should be going through the publisher. And then it's a mess and I don't want to be that guy. So you want to keep good records. Yeah, yeah. last night I was on ASCAP. I was checking out a registration for a song. And then I saw, you know, it shows you like recent ones that other people put in, but they tag you on it or whatever. And there's a song. I was like, this song and this writer, I don't think we finished that song. <laughs> like, I, what is oh, wow. that? <laughs> like nine years ago. It's not in my database. I put all my finished songs in my database. It's not in my database. I, so I text my co-writer buddy about it. We were in with like an indie artist. I don't have her info. So I text him like, what's up with this song? It's in ASCAP. And he didn't know anything about it. He didn't remember her at all. It's been nine years. And I don't think we got anything on it. We didn't even have a work tape. Mm. But somehow that title's gotten put in ASCAP last year. Just trying to track that stuff down going, is there a cut out there somewhere? I can't find it. So yeah. you're trying to find this stuff out. But staying on top of that stuff is part of the gig.
0: Let me add something else. So you remember we had the episode a while back maybe a month or two ago about how the top 40 has become the top 43,000 on Spotify, right? Mm -hmm. So Spotify has an account of money that they can't distribute. Yeah. It's massive. It belongs to people who didn't do this paperwork. Mm -hmm. And so they can't spend it legally legally. But they can't distribute it either because they don't know where it's supposed to go to because somebody just didn't take care of the paperwork. Now, first of all, if you're listening to my voice, you probably got some of your money in there, I'll bet. You need to go double back and double check all that Mm -hmm. because – If your attitude is, well, it's probably only like five bucks or something, who cares? Go get it because the Mm -hmm. thing is that if you are being prolific and you're working with a bunch of different writers, man, instead of having like the one big single that makes your money for the next two years like it used to be, you Mm -hmm. might have 20 Songs that are out there generating revenue for you. And guess what? They're all going to go into the same freaking place until you take care of this. Exactly. So, as long as that account exists and it has money in it, and it's an obscenely large amount of money, like it might even be in the hundreds of millions of dollars amount of money. It's definitely millions. It's definitely tens of millions. I don't know how big it is, but it's ridiculous. And it's unnecessary. It's just because somebody didn't. Take care of what they were supposed to take care of. And so this may sound rudimentary to you, but do you have it all dialed in?
1: The other day, I got a text from, uh, I guess it was last weekend or so. I got a text from Aaron Goodman, buddy of mine, Canadian artist, singer songwriter, writing together for a long time. And so he texted me, he's like, Hey, dude, do we ever get blah, 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 song titled Cut? No, I should be though. Why? I'm thinking maybe he's going, I should cut that. You know, I'm like, Why are you asking? You want to cut that on your next record? And he's like, I got paid royalties on it. You know, it showed up on his, maybe a SOCAN statement or ASCAP or something. He's Canadian. I said, we just got a work tape on it. Did your crew do something with it? He's like, no. I made like 20 bucks on it or something, you know, just showed up. And uh, no, let me go look. And I made sure I got that sucker in ASCAP. (laughs) So I was on there the other day going, I know, but I'm going to go make sure that song gets registered. Because I thought it never left the writer's room. It may just be a misapplication same titles get written all the time and every once in a while i remember when i was first started getting royalty checks i'd get a check for like uh, i had this song that i wrote with a guy that was in a band or whatever and not a really unusual title so i'm sure that title's been written a hundred times and it shows up from like belgium or something like here's three pennies on this song like <laughs> is this song being cut and i'm asking my publisher like What's going on? We issue a lie? And they're like, I don't know where that came from. And it's not worth really tracking down. It's probably just misapplied. Somebody hit a wrong keystroke and right. applied it to our song instead of somebody else's.
0: What happens if that three cents is like 300 grand?
1: Yeah. And that could have been coming to you, but now it's going to somebody else who's like,
0: cool. <laughs> know, how does that work? When in doubt, they'll probably
1: give it to Ashley Gorley. I don't know. Yeah. Right, here it's his oh, anyway. we are not sure, just give it to Ashley. give it to Ashley or <laughs> Craig Wiseman or Shane McAnally or yeah. Max Martin. or It's probably theirs anyway. So little things like that might show up and you just have to go, oh, that's probably just a mistake. So it's unfortunately not a perfect system, but you also have people not registering and stuff. It might have been just somebody didn't register it. It's like it came to me instead. I don't know. You just want to keep an eye on your business and keep records and know what's going on with your songs. You send them out into the world, stuff may be happening and you don't know about it. So you just want to keep an eye on that stuff as well. Right. The other thing is I keep a pitch log. So as a publisher, publishers keep pitch logs. Good publishers do anyway. And they know what they have played for who, when they played it, what the response was. So I have a pitch log. I use a database system. I also use SongSpace, which has a pitch log function as well. So I kind of double up right now because I haven't moved to just online, but I know when and if I've pitched a certain song to Chris Lacey at Warner Brothers or to Brian Wright at Universal. And I also know if they gave a response, I keep track of that too. i make a note in there. It helps me to pitch more intelligently and effectively in the future. So I'm learning like, Oh, this song gets a response. This song never has. Maybe I keep pitching it. Maybe I don't or whatever, but Oh, they like this song. I'll remind them of it. Jim Catino at Sony said a year ago that Brad Paisley really loved this song or whatever. He really liked it for Brad. It's been on hold for Brad before, but he didn't make it on that record. Well, you know what? Next year, I'm going to ping him about it for the next record and go, hey, Brad really liked this, but he hadn't cut it yet. Just want to remind you of it. You can do that because you can keep up with the records. Because I can look yeah. back and go, what's everything I've pitched to Jim Katino? What are some notes on here? Is stuff a pass or stuff like, oh, that's cool. Let me listen again. And you can just decide if you want to remind him of something. I don't want to send somebody a song. They're like, dude, you sent that to me like three weeks ago and I passed. They may not tell you, but they may just think that, like, he just sent that to me like a week ago. I want to know so I don't double up by mistake. Or if I double up, I want it to be on purpose. Yeah. I just want to remind you of this one. Or you passed before, but hey, listen, I think I really believe in it. You want to be intentional so you can pitch intelligently. So keep a pitch log of your songs if you're pitching, which you should be, because we already covered that. Yes. Publishers build relationships publishers make a point to be part of the music community and you should do the same as your own publisher. It's hard to book better co-writes and to get songs cut if you don't know anybody. So depending on where you are in your career, that might mean joining the songwriting pro community, or it might mean going to industry events such as number one parties or conferences, whatever's right for you at the time, that's what you should be doing and working to build relationships in that context. That's a major part of what publishers do for young writers or for veteran writers, is they're out there flying your flag, trying to get you in the right rooms. I mean, these days, more so than ever, it's about getting into the right rooms, which give you the best chance of getting the cut if you bring the magic that day. You know, it's getting with those people that are not easy to get to because they're in demand because they're high value. So publishers are out there finagling, going, hey, the swap co-writes and get this person in this room or get this person on this writing retreat for this artist and that kind of stuff. I remember years ago, there are a couple of publishing companies that, and they do it all the time. But this was one I was a part of. We got a houseboat and went up and down the Cumberland, and we got some artists and we got Matt from Ray Stevens and me from I think I was at RPM at the time in Pier, and we get some artists and some writers and stuff, and just put together a retreat. We had a houseboat, had a couple of different rooms, so we're hanging out on the river, and I was writing with Tyler Farr up on the deck looking out over the Cumberland and seeing the natural skyline. And we're writing a song and downstairs, Matt Klein and Bob Regan are writing with Lane Turner, who I think at the time where he'd just come off a deal at Warner Brothers, that kind of stuff. Publishers help put that kind of stuff together. And so people can meet people they didn't already know. And I think that was maybe the first time I'd worked with Tyler. Of course, he's gone on to have hits and stuff. And that's part of the publisher deal, building relationships, working the network. Are you doing that as your own publisher? As my own publisher, I'm doing that. I mean, I already told the story about trying to get to the producer and I'm working to keep my level of co-writes high where it's, Hey, you know, I'm writing with so-and-so and he's a producer and he's an artist or may we just write great songs together and he's working his end of things or she is. That's part of the deal too. Johnny mentioned earlier, like he hates the paperwork. I hate the paperwork too. it's yeah. one reason I'm really glad I have blue water, but it's part of the deal. I moved to Nashville because I just want to sit in a room and I want to write songs. That's my happy place. That's what I signed up for. But if you want to continue doing that, you got to take care of the other stuff. Because otherwise, you'll be back in a cubicle and you won't be writing songs anymore. So you got to take care of some of the business. I like pitching songs because I know what the result can be. But it's not as much fun as working on a song. To go, okay, how do I get this song out there for Cody Johnson? Or how do I get this song out here to Tim McGraw or whatever? And trying to figure out the relationships and how my song can travel to the target. I don't love all that. I enjoy it because I'm hoping to get a cut, which yep. lets me keep writing more songs. You got to take care of that. So what's the next step for you in your success journey? Is it registering with your personal publishing company with a PRO? Is it writing that next song, even though you're already crazy busy? Or is it connecting with another music publisher and let them handle all the publishing stuff? Figure that out for yourself. Not everyone needs to be their own publisher. It's fine to get a publishing deal. There's nothing wrong with it. But there's also nothing wrong with being your own publisher. But if you're going to be your own publisher, you need to act like it. Because it's pretty bad to say my publisher sucks and you're your own publisher. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) so, yes, you are your own music publisher. But are you acting like it? That's what I had to say today. But also, hey, as a thank you for listening in, I just want to let you know that I have a free ebook. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter and distills some of my hard knocks lessons from the past however many years in the music business. It's my gift to you. You Just go to songwritingpro.com and look up the top toolbar. It says free gift. Click on that. It takes you where to download the ebook. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. Again, it's my gift to you. Just go to songwritingpro.com. Look at the top toolbar for gift and you can download it through that link just tell me where to send it i'll send it right out to you but that's what i had for today
0: cool man well that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode so make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume podcasts join the climb community leave a rating and review we're hoping it's five stars but Mm -hmm. even if it's one we'll read it we'll read it on the air we own up to everything that's right and tell a friend about it guys this podcast exists because we want you to win so keep on climbing
1: and we'll see you at the top